Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, March 22, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What are we looking at today? What's on the docket? What are we going to do about today's market? We'll also revert back to Friday and discuss a little bit about the activity leading into the weekend. At the same time, we're going to take a look at the daily chart. We're going to see if anything jumps off the page, anything that needs and warrants addressing, and then we'll move on to other charts other markets, we're going to discuss some esoteric things, we're going to take a look around the horn, and we're going to make sure that everybody has a handle on the market. On Friday, they came in to run a test of the 20-period moving average once again. Now, we've been back and forth through the 20-period moving average way too many times over the last several weeks for it to be as meaningful as, for example, it would be if price was coming from afar. Well, it's not, so we're not really giving the 20-period moving average or home base too much weight on this chart. Doesn't mean it doesn't get weight on other charts. It's this chart, this moving average at this time. In Thursday's video, if you date back and rewind the tape, you'll notice that we were talking about two prices. Remember, I was taking a day off on Friday from inside the numbers. I didn't make a video over the weekend, so let's recap what happened in the last video that was made, which was last Thursday. I prepped you with, if they were going to send the market down on Friday, what would be the numbers? Pretty sure I gave you two numbers. We had the first one at this gap here, and we'll call it 389.69. The second one was at 387. What was the low of day? 387.15. What was the gap? 387.17. So basically, those two numbers were a bullseye. Here's a 15-minute chart. Here is 387.17 at the bottom. There is the morning activity at 10.15 in the morning, making a low of 387.15. Let me ask you this. Even though we weren't here, and it's a bit of Monday morning quarterback, I get that. But if we were active on Friday morning in the commentary inside the numbers, Does anybody think we would have been buyers down at that gap at 387? And the answer is, yes, we would have. You know that. We can debate that all day long. We're never going to know the real answer. I'm just playing Monday morning quarterback, knowing how this works. What else do we have on the daily chart? Well, we're not that far from all-time highs. In fact, today, the high was right underneath the former all-time high. And that was that high from 392.17, Today's high was just a shade above 394. I might have said 392 before. It's 394.17 as the former high. That's over here on the 16th of February. Today, the high was 394 and change, 394.07 to be exact. From a 30,000-foot view perspective, we can take a look at the daily chart and say, if price is above, and it was before, above the former high, It's bullish, below the former high is bearish. However, now that we've made a new high, does that matter just the same? And the answer is, it doesn't matter the same because we've been above it, now we've been back below it. So the more you cross over a certain price that may be important yesterday, may be important last week, but the more you cross over back and forth that specific price, it diminishes the importance of that price. The market is developing a new important price 
or it's headed to a different important price. Net-net, we can look at the daily chart and we can say above all the moving averages, and you know what's coming, the trend is your friend until it's over. So even though they've been toying around with the moving averages of late, as long as they're above the moving averages, there's technically nothing wrong with the chart. Now, what else you got? What are we looking at? We're looking at the crash that happened in the beginning or first quarter of 2020. We're also looking at the low, and the low happened to be March 23, 2020. Now we're back to current time. Tomorrow is March 23, 2021. Is that important? Is it significant? Well, if you believe that anniversaries are significant, then you might want to be on the lookout. We don't know that the market's going to make a turn tomorrow. Maybe the market makes a top tomorrow. Maybe the market has a blow-off top tomorrow. We don't know. All I'm saying is it's an awareness that we're coming into an anniversary. Anniversaries are important to us. Anniversaries are important in terms of birthdays, marriages, relationships in general. It's something that we need to be aware of. I've also previously given you another reason why this week is important. As such, we're looking for signs and signal of a trend change. I'm looking for signs and signal of a trend change. Maybe it happens from an intraday perspective. Maybe it happens on the daily chart. Maybe it happens with a big gap down. Maybe it happens with a big gap up and a crap out. We don't know. There's a lot of different varieties. There's a lot of different flavors. How do you know what they are? You're going to find a lot of them explained, described, and provided examples of in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. All that talk about awareness of an important week, a couple of days this week, whatever it is, that's fine, but we have to play umpire calling balls and strikes. We must look at the long-term chart. In this case, we'll look at the weekly chart and we see a very strong uptrend. There's nothing whatsoever wrong with this chart. The trend is your friend. And until proven otherwise, this is in a very strong and tight uptrend, riding the 20 period moving average in a bullish fashion, period, full stop. When things change, whenever they do change, things will change. But at present, that's what we have. When you are the umpire, you are required to call balls and strikes. You're aware of both sides of the market, but you've got to call the balls and strikes. Let's take a glance over inside the numbers. We'll check out the commentary and we'll circle back to stocks on the move. We always look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's an open book. There are no secrets. It's a WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. Net, net, happy Monday. Wake up flat. The market pushing a little higher as the morning progresses. No big movement overnight. We've got an open mind. That was the net net at zero dark 30. And then we move along and we see what the early thoughts entail. We're getting right down to the numbers. Opening the day above SPY 390.85 will set the tone for the early part of the session. Above opens the door for 392. Of course, we know that number and higher. What's the higher? 392.95, give or take. And again, this is really early. This is not after the market opens. We did come out with higher numbers after the fact. Opening below 390.85 opens the door for a test of 389.90 down to 389. So let's just set the table with that commentary thus far. 
right of the vertical, today's activity. This is a 15-minute chart. What you're looking at is a market that came close to the top line of support. The low of day was 389.97 against the proposed 389.90. They never looked back. 392 was the target if they were remaining above 390.85. Once they got above 390.85, 392 was the target. Let's scroll up and see what we have as the morning actually begins to unfold. 9.35, it's quiet and there's no change to the numbers cited earlier. 389.90 and 389, if they were to go lower, are early supports. Hovering over 389.90 for a while begins to hint of a visit of 389. They didn't really do that, but that was on the board. 390.85 is the gateway to higher numbers. Running a test is normal. Closing candles above opens the door for another leg higher. This is your tour guide information. If you're interested or are active in the market, specifically with the SPY, options on the SPY, leverage DTFs on the SPY, other markets that really trade off of the SPY, like most stocks, then this is valuable information to know what the major market is doing and is it likely to pull everything else along with it or not. Let's move along and see what we have as the morning unfolds. Pretty simple stuff, 9.42 from where I sit, here's the early look. 3.89 on the south side opens the door for real selling. Well, they didn't go down there, so we don't have to worry about that. 3.90.85, closing candles above, opens the door for another leg higher in the direction of 3.92. So already we know if they're gonna get up to 3.90.85 and they start pushing above it, guess what? There's 10, 11 or so points S&P handles in this thing to go to the target, at least initial target, of 392. 9.48, no change. They're confirming that spot around 390.85 is important and resistance until they can get above and close candles above. So I'm sitting there watching the tape, and I'm watching them go back and forth around that number. It's confirming to me that that number's important. There are sellers up there, but there are buyers that are trying to fight through. That's a bull bear battle. It's an important number, and it was. Same deal, above 390.85. The next thing is 392 all over again. Could take time, but that's the draw above. They were headed there. They were doing the thing, and we're just playing tour guide. 392 is the target. Should be looking around the horn. I left out a K in there. Nobody corrected me today. We added a stock on the move. It never got there. But if I see something, it's kind of see something, say something, one of those things. So I saw something, so I put it on the board. Specifically on a quiet day, I'm going to try and do that. On a busy day, I'm not going to be able to do that. And we're moving right along. This is important. Pay attention to this one because this one saved a lot of traders a lot of money. Sometimes you make money. Sometimes you save money. Sometimes it's both. Let's answer the question in advance. Is 392 a short trade? Not for me. Volume is too low. Market is too quiet. You're getting closer to lunchtime. You're getting into that situation of who wants to sit there and watch it and fight the market over lunch. Nothing says they can't keep going in this type of tape. We see it all the time. That's why I bring it up. Remember, a target doesn't always mean the market reverses. A target can be an exit. A target doesn't have to be we go in the other direction. I know there's a lot of traders that think that or hear that when they read target, they think reverse. That's not always the case. Sometimes, but not always the case. Let's move along. 
We had an IWM that was very weak today. It's my favorite market leading indicator. So that's interesting. It's a puzzle piece and it's on the table. Doesn't mean something has to materialize immediately, but it's something that we have to pay attention to when it does develop. Transports at the time were on par with the S&P. They were bouncing around all day. Financials were kind of weak. So it was a mixed tape under the hood. Okay, puzzle piece on the table. Not a broad-based rally by any stretch. And we're moving right along. And there's your 392 target achieved. If they keep going, 392.80 to 393 is the next area of overhead resistance. Once again, back to the chart. This is a five-minute variety. And you see, when they got up to the area of 392.80 to 393, they did kind of pause there. They churned around for a while. They ran some tests and then finally decided to continue going higher. That was the ultimate prize of 394.50 is what I put on the board. You'll see that in a minute. They didn't quite get there. That was the prize, not a target. We're moving right along. And at 12.28, there's your 392.80 to 393. This should be in the neighborhood of overhead resistance. Overhead resistance mean they stop going up for a while and they have to either go sideways to build energy to make another move or they're actually going to pull back. One of those two things happens at overhead resistance. Here's where you come out with the 394.50. Let's say they remain in a trend day higher. What's the prize? They didn't get to the prize. They didn't remain in a trend day higher all day. They petered out late, late in the day. You know what we say, the last hour of the day, anything goes as I scroll up here. And we don't trade the last hour of the day. I don't trade the last hour of the day, so I'm certainly not going to propose that any of you trade the last hour of the day, unless there's something you're already in a trade, something slaps you in the face. That's one thing. There's always an anomaly. There's always a one-off. But at a general rule, you don't want to get caught in something with the clock running out, something where you might feel like holding it overnight, then you can get caught with your pants down the next day, all that stuff. I avoid that. Why? Because I'm treating this as a business, and for my business, I choose not to take on that kind of risk. Now, if you want to take on that kind of risk and you want to trade something overnight, that's up to you, but that's outside of the scope of what we're doing here. Stocks on the move. Quiet day. We didn't have a lot of stuff moving around, a lot of stuff running to price targets, but we had two opportunities hit their numbers, Redfin and JetBlue. The rest didn't hit their numbers. They're off the board. There are no trades. We're going to start with this one. Even though it didn't hit its price objective, its price objective was actually far away. I didn't actually think it was going to hit its price objective. Then why did I put it on the board early in the morning? because I saw it pop up on my list, FNKO, and I really just wanted to say, Funko. How often you get a chance to put a stock up on the board with the name Funko? That's it, now we can move on. How about Redfin? So Redfin was a little interesting. 7012 was the first number on the board. 6874 was number number two. Now it came up short of the second number. The low made, at 10.05 or in the 10.05 candle was 68.78. Now it did the deal from the first number and there was no stop out. So officially it did the deal, but it would have been a lot smoother had they filled the second number and then went on the rocket ride, would have made more profit. But however, that's the way this works. Sometimes they give it to you, sometimes they don't. 
we take what the market gives us on a regular basis without prejudice. Not the ideal scenario, having missed the second number by pennies, but it worked out nonetheless. The numbers work. JetBlue, we're talking base hit in JetBlue. They did the deal at the first number, 1994, plus shipping and handling. You can see here that the high made in this candle was $20.21. So that is an official base hit. Was this the ideal trade? Absolutely not. Did they give the base hit on level number one, price number one? Yes, they did. They came into price number two, and they kind of did the base hit thing at price number two also, but they came into it in a creeping fashion. They basically ate time off the clock over the number, takes it off the table. Most traders weren't taking the second number. Again, not the ideal setup, not the ideal trade, not the ideal scenario, but yet again, the numbers show support. The numbers work. Sometimes they work a little, sometimes they work a lot. When they blow through numbers, then my numbers are wrong. We talk about this all the time. Couple of things happen when they get to the numbers. The numbers are a destination. Either they're gonna have a reaction in the other direction or they're gonna hang out for a cup of coffee. If they're hanging out for a cup of coffee, it's because they're going to another destination. Now we can make a case that on JetBlue, they were hanging out for a little bit of a cup of coffee, maybe just an espresso at 1994, and the other number or somewhere in the vicinity was the destination, right? What was the low in this candle? 1946. So it's debatable what the exact penny destination was, but they also stopped going down and they basically had another cup of coffee over here. But again, the numbers work. The trade wasn't ideal. Those are two different things. When you trust the numbers, you will then begin to trust the trade. It's an emotional roller coaster. You have to understand what's going on behind the scenes, what's going on under the covers, What's the stock or the market actually doing? Is it headed to a destination? Once it gets there, what's it doing? If you believe in the numbers and you believe in the concept and you believe in the destination, you can believe in the trades. Once you believe in the trades, then and only then can you begin to actually stay in the trade and make money and trade it properly, painting by the numbers. And that was my soapbox for the evening. What's going on over in Camp IWM? It's the 20 period moving average again. As long as they're above it, there's technically nothing wrong with the IWM. However, we have to notice that the IWM was down today $1.71 or 7 tenths of 1%. It's not a big deal one way or the other, but on a day when other markets are up, the Qs are up, the S&P was up, a mirror image amount to what the IWM was down today in percentage terms. You have to raise an eyebrow when you see that kind of stuff. There's a divergence, there's a reason. You have to put it as a puzzle piece on the table. The transports ended flat, we'll get to that later. The Dow was up and the NASDAQ was up and we'll get to that later as well. So when you see these type of divergences, it's kind of like assigning it either today's an anomaly in the IWM or the IWM is signaling something. We don't know yet, that's why it's a puzzle piece on the table. We haven't completed the puzzle. When we get the whole picture, we'll know which one it is. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What's going on there? Well, they made a new high today and finished near the lows, putting in a tail candle. 
Now, they're above all the moving averages, so even if they came down to the 20-period moving average, we could say two things. They sold off because of the tail candle, but yet they're in an uptrend as long as they hold above the 20-period moving average, and right now, there's really not a lot you can do with that information. What I can say is, closing hourly and daily below 14,150 in the transports would probably spark some lower prices ahead. We'll use 14,150 as a pivot. We'll leave it up on the chart and we'll check back for fun. The folks out in Silicon Valley had a good day today, up almost 2%, over five bucks in the queues. So was it a relief rally or are we starting another leg higher? Well, the same rules apply that we spoke about last week. Until and unless we get above the moving averages, which we're beating on the 50 right now, they tried to get to it today, kind of came up a little short, but there's always tomorrow, the next day, and so on. But until and unless they get above 324.33, and we use the round number of 325. Once they get above 325, we can begin talking about another leg higher. Until and unless they do get above 325, then this is just a bounce in a downtrending tape. Sometimes we talk about the infamous head and shoulders pattern, and I want to bring this to your attention again, where the umpire calling balls and strikes. Can this be an inverse head and shoulders pattern? There's a shoulder on the left, there's a head, and here's a potential shoulder on the right, and if in fact they get above the neckline, and confirm above the neckline, will this send markets to new highs? And the answer is, it can. Where does that neckline come in at? How about right around 325? Funny how that works. Poor day for the XLF. Interestingly enough, now they're below the 20 period moving average. More divergence out here, puzzle piece, on the table for sure. If, for example, on Tuesday they pop back above the 20 period moving average and close the day above there, then they will have just tested the 20 period moving average. However, if they continue lower, there could be a trend change brewing in the XLF for sure. What about Smash Mouth? Could we be looking at a similar setup or similar situation in Smash Mouth with an inverse head and shoulders pattern? Doesn't look great, doesn't look bad. It's actually right here. So what's interesting today is they ran a test of the neckline of the inverse head and shoulders pattern in Smash Mouth. Doesn't mean it has to work, doesn't mean it's gonna fail, doesn't even mean I'm right. There's a case on the other side of every trade. That's what makes a market. I'm pointing out what I see from where I sit in my analysis, all the things I'm looking at, I do a Ben Franklin every day on every chart. You want to look at the pros, you want to look at the cons. The bull, the bear case, either way. You play umpire calling balls and strikes, and if something is starkly obvious, then it's starkly obvious. If something is murky, then it's murky. What we don't do is create something out of nothing. Either the chart says X, Y, or Z. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you without you? These videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.